a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Well, it's great to be back. Um, I had rather planned to preach last Sunday, uh, but some of you would know that that was um, thrown uh, into chaos on Saturday morning when uh, the kidney stone that I'm currently looking after, harbouring, growing, whatever you had to to describe it, decided to go on a bit of an adventure and move, and uh, that put me in the back of an ambulance heading into A&E. So I had a weekend on morphine, which wasn't quite what I planned, uh, I had a couple of nights at, uh, at a hospital. I, I promised Sarah a night away last weekend, and we'd planned for that, and uh, I had a night away, but she didn't, and so we weren't in the same place. And uh, there we are. So uh, these things uh, happen. So thank you for those of you who have been praying for us. Really do uh, so appreciate that. Uh, thank you for some of you who looked after kids and helped us. Um, I still have the stone, it seems, I'm next way on Monday, still have it, so uh, the uh, current plan medically is that uh, it passes naturally, and uh, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> uh, I, a friend of mine actually had a kidney stone while he was preaching, and he managed to finish his preach, so I'm a fair play to him, I, I could not have done that. But uh, the plan is that uh, it, it passes, and so I'm praying that it dissolves first and, uh, and then passes. So if you can join me in praying for that, that would be, uh, be really good. I would appreciate that. And uh, the medics are keeping an eye on me and having some x-rays taken and so on and so forth. So uh, thank you for your love and prayer, but please do keep praying. Because whilst I feel fine currently, not any pain really, um, the situation isn't quite quite resolved yet so it'd be good to keep praying for that so that weekend uh, wasn't quite what many of us uh, had planned and uh, John was due to be preaching this Sunday about growing in risk taking but um, the trouble is when you decide to preach on a subject like that sometimes God tests you and uh, his risk taking was preaching it a week early Uh, but I've heard some great feedback from uh, last Sunday and uh, I know God was doing some stuff so uh, that was uh, clearly a, a great Sunday morning so I'm lo- looking at things this week and praying about this morning I have planned to preach a message that was particularly relevant to Valentine's Day which if that passed you by and you're married and you forgot that was last weekend then you're probably in more trouble than you realise uh, <laughs> It's coming up next year. Make a note of it. Um, but in praying about this today, I thought, well, what should I preach on this morning? And when I felt God speak to me that as I was looking through my notes, I realised that where this message had gone uh, was uh, to a subject that was much wider than just Valentine's Day. And if you've ever prepared a message like this, uh, you'll know that sometimes messages like this have a bit of a life of their own. You start off preparing it, you think, I'm going in this direction. And as you study and pray and prepare and write notes, you find that God widens it and widens the application. And that's what happened really as I prepared uh, for last Sunday. And so uh, I looked at it again this week and thought, yeah, Lord, it feels like you've still got something to say. And I believe that God has got something to say for us this morning. And so the subject I want to look at this morning is this, growing in love for one another. 
Growing in love for one another. And if you've been around a few weeks, you'll know we've got this little series going on called Growing In... Dot, dot, dot. And uh, we're looking at a few subjects and some different things uh, that are relevant to us that the Bible has for us. So this morning, if you're taking notes, your title is Growing in Love for One Another. And that's what we're going to look at and look at what the Bible has to say about it. So let's pray and... um, See what God has for us. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us already so clearly this morning. And we pray now as we spend these moments in your word that, Lord Jesus, you would teach us. We want to be open to what you have for us this morning. So, Holy Spirit, please come and be our teacher. Help us to understand your word to us. And, Lord, importantly, I pray you'd help us apply it. Put it into practice. Lord, let it land in our hearts and do us good. We pray, Lord, that your word would be living and active this morning. We pray, God, that it would do something in us, that it would change us, that it would make us more like Jesus and make your church more to be the sort of church you want it to be. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so right at the beginning of your Bible, we're going to have a bit of a, a tour Uh, perhaps to start with, and we'll look at a few verses in a moment. Don't worry, we will get into this book. Right at the beginning of the Bible, we read about a God of love, a God who created men and women for relationship with himself. See, even the very act of creation was out of a heart of love, wanting relationship, wanting to share something of himself with others. So right at the beginning of the Bible, right in the book of Genesis, we find that we see this God of love who clearly exists in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and there's a a love for one another in the Trinity there, but that was wanting to be expressed and widened. And God creates men and women in order that he can share his love and that he can pour out his blessing upon them. So even this very act of creation, right at the beginning of Scripture, it's recorded for us, is an act of love. It's interesting, isn't it? Even now we call the act of procreation love-making. That, that, that way of creating life. Right at the beginning of the Bible we find God creating life. For, for us now as we create life, we, we call it a similar sort of thing. There's love right at the very centre of it. And that's because right at the very centre of God... Is a heart of love. Is a heart of love. It's interesting, isn't it? We use the word love to describe uh, a whole range of different emotions. Just recently, I've started to uh, to follow the um, rise and continued rise. It has to be said of Derby County Football Club. And, uh, and I'm loving getting into following this team. And you know, I'm loving watching, it, watching a match or listening to it on the radio. But uh, if, you, if you follow a football team, you might say that you love to do that. You might use that word to describe it. You might say that you love your job. Or you might say that you really don't love your job, depending on uh, your perspective. You would say, I hope if you're married that you love your husband or wife. You'd use the same word there. You would say perhaps that at least most of the time, you love your kids. But all of these feelings are different. We don't love our favourite football team 
in the same way that we love our wife or husbands. At least, guys, I'm assuming that there's a difference there. If there isn't, there probably should be. Let me give you that one for free. So whilst we have one word for this, love, and it has a a wide variety of meanings, the ancient Greeks had some different words for love, and they all described different types of love. And so when the Bible talks about love, it gets the chance um, in, in Greek to describe the sort of love that it's talking about. And there are different types of love. So we get uh, a love which is a natural affection, such as between parents or children. We get a different love, which is a mental love, such as a loyalty type of thing, between friends and family. A different word, again, describes a a more uh, physical or passionate love. That includes sexual love, but it's actually much wider than that. It's a different word that describes that. Then we get another word that describes spiritual love. Love which is sacrificial. Love which is unconditional. And the New Testament uses this particular word, agape, to describe God's love. And what's interesting is you look through uh, the Bible you'll find that it uses this word to describe God's love for us, his people. And it also uses the same word to describe the way we should love one another. And that's where we're going with this message. So it's this agape love that I want us to think about for these few moments we have together. So what does the Bible have to say about it? Well, as we already said, the Bible starts with an act of love in God-creating men and women. And he gives them, he's given us, the capacity to give and receive love. He's put that in us, hasn't it? That's part of what it is to be a human being. We have the capacity to give and receive love. But there's a risk here, isn't there? Think about it from God's perspective for a moment. In giving men and women the capacity to give and receive love freely, There's a risk here. There's a risk for God. Will his love for his creation be returned? You'll know if you've ever said to somebody, I love you, you know there's a risk in that. You know you're making yourself vulnerable. What are they going to say back? What if they don't say anything? They just freeze. What if they laugh it off or change the subject? Or maybe they say it back to you. There's a risk in that very moment as you speak those words, you're making yourself vulnerable because maybe you're not quite sure how the other person will respond. Do you remember the first time you said that to somebody? Perhaps remember how it made you feel. Giving, offering love makes you vulnerable. And God was prepared to make himself vulnerable in that way in order to express his love for his creation. And to start with, I mean, many of you would know this story. To start with, it's all good. But then men and women decide to go their own way and rebel and decide they don't need to follow uh, the way that God has said. And they rebel and sin against him. 
And uh, now there's a big barrier between mankind and God. And this separates the, the flow of love that God intended there to be from him to his people. But because God is just, he can't just overlook it and say, it doesn't matter, it does matter. And so what to do? He can't let our sin, our rebellion go unpunished. So what happens? Who will pay the price? How will it work? Well, jumping forward to perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible, which is John chapter 3, verse 16, we're told this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen? That is a hallelujah verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. See, God sent his Son to pay the price to take the punishment that really should have been ours. He died for your sin, your rebellion on the cross. But Jesus didn't stay dead. No. He rose again. And by you and I putting our trust, our complete and total trust and hope in him, by making him the Lord of our lives, by following him, you can have that sin forgiven, that rebellion against God. Jesus can take the punishment that should have been yours. That's some good news. And the relationship that God intended you to have with him can now be restored. And that flow of love can happen once again. But this is not just about eternal security. It's not just about knowing what will happen to you when you die. That's part of it. The Bible's clear. If you trusted in Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, you've repented of your sin, you've turned away from everything you've done wrong, and you're following him, then you can know for certain when you die you'll go to be with him. There's no, well, I hope it'll work out okay. No, no, listen to me. You can know for certain. The Bible is very, very clear about it. You will be with Jesus for eternity. It's not dependent upon what you've done. It's not dependent upon you getting a good enough mark in the test. (laughs) It's about what Jesus has done. And he's done it. He's completed it. He has finished it. So you can be sure about that. But more than that, it's about knowing God in your life now. And having a relationship with him now. Do you notice that God gave his son? Is because of his love. You see, you can't buy God's love. Psalm 36, verse 7 says, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. It's priceless. You couldn't buy it. Not even the richest oligarch in Russia or the most wealthy ruler anywhere in the world could buy it. You can't. It's priceless. God's love comes only as a gift. And like all gifts, it needs to be received so unlike any other world religion I can think of in Christianity you don't get right with God by what you do you get right with God by accepting what Jesus has done 
It's such a big difference, friends. It's a huge difference. It's a demonstration of God's love. The John's first letter is all about God's love. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Ephesians 2, verse 4, Paul says this, Now because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Jesus has paid the price. He has atoned for your sin. He stood in your place. It's a wonderful truth. But this message this morning isn't primarily about the doctrine of substitutionary atonement. Important though that is, we need to understand that Jesus has paid the price in our place. There have been those who have challenged this doctrine over recent years. The Bible's clear about it, friends. We need to be clear about these things as well. Jesus stood in your place. But actually, what we're talking about this morning is God's love and the effect it should have on us. 1 John 4 verse 8 says that God is love. And so because God is love, in the New Testament, loving God and receiving his love moves very quickly into loving one another. It has an effect on us. It doesn't just, it's not that just God pours his love into our hearts and it stops there. That's good enough. That's good, isn't it? I mean, receiving God's love is, is a good deal. Would you agree? But actually, as you read through the, the, the um, pages of the New Testament, you see that the early church received God's love and it landed in their hearts and it changed them. And very quickly it went from just loving God to loving God and loving one another as well. And the two are intrinsically linked. Loving God and loving one another is core to who we are as a church. They're two foundational things about Jubilee. And as we continue to build and trust God for what he's doing with us, we need to keep this right at the very centre of us. That's one of the reasons I want to go over it again this morning. So you can't separate out loving one another from loving God. (laughs) Because the two really do go together. You receive his love as a gift. And in response you love him and love others as well. And so what about the words that the New Testament used? Remember I said there were different words that describe different types of love. Well, in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, it says this. Jesus is speaking here. He says, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What's the root word there? Agape. 1 John 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 1 John 4, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Root word again? The same way that God has loved us, that same unconditional, wonderful love is what we should be giving to one another. 
And there are other passages we could look at if we have time, which we don't. So what's it saying? It's saying this, that God has loved us in such a way that we should love others in the same way. It's not different. We should love others in that same giving, generous, unconditional way that God has loved us. And so for the early church, this loving one another, this agape, had a very practical outworking. They cared for one another. And they they really cared for one another. But it's so important that we see it as a result here, not of them being told to do it, (laughs) but rather as a result of what God had done in their hearts. Because God had so changed them, because they had so received his love and his spirit had been poured out upon their lives, they were changed. They wanted to therefore love others and bless them in the same way that they had been loved and blessed themselves. God was doing something in their lives. They had encountered God. They had received his love. And they were glad to then give it away. So you can't really love one another like this unless you've first received God's love because it's his love that we want to flow. It's not our hard work or effort or determination but rather it's his love that we want to see flow to one another. And so I want to encourage us this morning to once again receive God's love and then look to give it away. So time and time again, love for God is expected to be expressed, to be seen, to be viewed. Loving God needs to be seen and viewed and expressed. Firstly, in worship, like we've done this morning, and we've, we've loved God, we've, we've lavished love and worship upon Him. We said, Lord, we love you. But it's not just about a couple of hours on a Sunday morning, is it? It's about how we are tomorrow morning. How we are at home, at work, with those we socialise with. We worship God through our life as much as through our soul. Both are equally important. But loving one another needs to be expressed as well. You see, if it's not expressed, people don't know that you love them. If it's not expressed, if it's just kept internally to you, people don't realise They don't know that you love and you care for them. So as I said earlier, last Saturday morning, my weekend plans rather changed as I was uh, gently led into the back of an ambulance and taken off to A&E. And um, I had a weekend um, of of some painkillers. And I talked already about what that was like this week, it's painful, and um, I can say from up here, because I'm a safe distance from anybody, that apparently I'm reliably informed uh, that women who have had kidney stones and given birth say that stones are worse. But I can only, I can only say that if I'm out of, sort of, you know, stabbing, hitting, and kicking distance, which is what I can say up here. I won't say it later. <laughs> but it's not a lot of fun. So Sarah texted a few people to tell them and to ask them to pray. One of my friends then uh, texted me, and it would be no surprise to know, for many of you to know that I didn't last long without my phone. 
I didn't take it into um, A&E, but very quickly I, I needed it because I started to get withdrawal symptoms. And so once, <laughs> once it was known that I had it again, one of my friends texted me a few times over the weekend saying, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. Just want you to know uh, I'm thinking about you. How are you today? And then every morning this week, he has texted me to say, I'm praying for you right now. How are you doing? How are you today? I, I'm pr- just want you to know I'm praying for you. Praying that you're feeling better. How are you today? Every morning this week, he's done that. That's love being expressed. That's loving one another in a way that is expressed. John and Ray came around to pray for me, anoint me with oil and pray. That's love being expressed. Now, I know, okay, please don't hear what I'm not saying here. I know there were other people praying. I know there were other people who were concerned for us and and for me and for Sarah and the kids and and were in touch and saying, we're praying for you and, and anything we can do. I know there were others. But listen, what really touched me was what was expressed because I got to know about it, whether somebody had called or texted me or, or texted Sarah. Now, there'll be others who were praying. I, I know that. But love needs to be expressed, needs to be verbalized. You need to do something with it. For those of you who are married, you'll know that you can't just say to your husband or wife, well, you know, I told you once I loved you. I haven't changed my mind, so I'll let you know if anything changes. <laughs> you know, I, I told you on our, on our wedding day, dear, uh, I'll let you know if anything, anything changes. You, know, you need to express it. You need to, to keep saying it and keep talking about such things. It's the same in the way we love one another. Friends, I want us to be uh, those who are good at expressing it and doing something with it. I remember a few years ago now, when I was on the New Frontiers Leadership Training Program and being trained to, to lead a church, I remember one of our lecturers, uh, I remember him teaching us on the subject of pastoral care. It's a good lecture. I can remember lots about it, actually. And I remember him saying that if there was any doubt in our mind whether we should make a call or not, we should always make the call. Because too often we think, oh, I don't want to disturb, don't want to interfere, they probably won't want to see me or hear from me. And he's saying, no, 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 any doubt, make the call. And I haven't always made the call. I'm not perfect. (laughs) You'll know that if you know me. But I'm trying to get better at always making that call and always expressing love for others. And actually, it's, it's much easier these days than perhaps it's been in, in days gone past because most of us have got one of these devices in our pocket or in our handbag and it's just easy to send a, to send a text off to somebody and say, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you this morning. It's not so intrusive, thank you. It doesn't take a lot of time but it's just a way of expressing that you're thinking about somebody, you're loving them, you're, you're saying, you know, you, I'm, I'm concerned about you, I'm praying for your situation or whatever it might be. And so I want us to be a church that loves one another really well. I know on many occasions we have done this brilliantly. But you know what? Like anything, I think we can get better. I'll be honest, I think I can get better. 
And my guess is if I can get better at it, probably that's true for most of us. Would you agree? And so I want to encourage us this morning to be good at verbalising these things, to be proactive about it, and to look for opportunities to love one another. It is about phone calls and text messages saying, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you. I want you to know that I'm you know, praying for you today. But it's also about practical care. The early church are really good at this. As you read through the book of Acts, time and again you see them caring practically for one another. You see them selling land and houses to release finance to care for others who are in need. There was a serious sign of this that they, they worked hard at and they were able to care for one another practically. And so I want to ask us the question this morning, me included, how can we grow in this? If this series is called Growing In, dot, 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 and if this morning we're talking about growing in, loving one another, how can we do that? How can we get better at that? And I guess the answer will be different for each of us, depending upon our circumstances and those that God has put around us. But I want us, even as we uh, sit here this morning, to be asking the Lord, Lord, how can I grow in this? Because I know I can grow in this. And my suspicion is that all of us can. And so I want us to be open to the Spirit this morning to allow God to put on our hearts how he wants us to grow in this. And I hope you'll see by what I've said, it doesn't necessarily have to cost lots of money. You might think, oh, but I can't afford to, 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 you know, to meet someone's practical need or bless financially. That's okay, but maybe you can make a call. But there'll be others of you who can afford to meet a practical need. And God has blessed you with finance that can be released and you can bless others with and help practically uh, others who are less fortunate. And for you, you know, you're praying and asking God, well, how do I respond to this? What's, what's my part in that? How do I respond to, to you? And I think the key in it, friends, is this. It's listening to God. It's being open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, what are you saying? How are you leading me? What have you got for me? I don't want us to hear this as a, you must do this message. I want us to hear this as a, let's be open to the Spirit. Let's be open to God's prompting us. And then let's go for it. Let's be obedient to the prompting of the Spirit. And um, as we pray and as we ask God, Lord, what are you saying to me? Then we can trust, can't we, the sovereignty of God to put on our hearts those that need to receive something of encouragement or God's love, or blessing. Now, there'll be others that you know, maybe some in your small group, in your life group, you think, you know what, I know they're struggling at the moment, or I know they've got a job interview coming up, or I know they're going through a hard time with the kids, or whatever it might be, you might know that. There's no great prophetic insight needed. You might just know it. That's okay. Then you can respond to that. <laughs> but it might, it might be you hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, you just need to pray for so-and-so today. Or why don't you just seek to encourage this particular person or family? And you can do that. You can be open to it practically because you know of a need. You can be open to it prophetically because God speaks. 
loving one another is so important to us, so important to the way we continue to build Jubilee. And Jesus said, didn't he, that people will recognize us as his disciples by the way we love one another. And so, friends, this morning I want us to be open to what God has for us here. Very quickly, you find in the New Testament that things move on from uh, loving those that are immediately around the early church, those who are saved and added into uh, the, the church, loving them to loving those who are outside that group, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, as we might say it. And I want to talk about that a bit more next Sunday, because we're out of time this morning. We do need to understand that God calls us to look outside of ourselves as well, outside these four walls, and to love those who are far from him today. And friends, this city is full of a quarter of a million or so people, most of whom are far from God, most of whom don't know about God's love for them, most of whom don't know about the good news of the gospel, about a God who wants to have a relationship with them and has made it possible that they can And so God wants to put in our hearts a desire to love them and to bring them into the family of God and to demonstrate and share his good news with them. And we'll look more about that next Sunday. As we finish, I just feel God would ask us this morning, as his church, what are we doing with his love? Are we looking at keeping it for ourselves? like some favourite chocolates that we don't really want to share? (laughs) Are we looking to give it away and bless others with what he has blessed us us with? Are we really loving one another? I want us to pray in a moment and we're going to have a moment of quiet and I'm going to ask that God would speak to us by his spirit and put on our hearts a way that we can show his love to somebody this week. I do feel that messages like this need a practical outworking. It's not just one of those, that was a nice preach. (laughs) You might not think it was a nice preach. You might go, oh, right. (laughs) But actually, it's one of those messages that I just feel God would want us to respond to in a really practical way. And so let's just have a moment of quiet now. You want to bow your heads and close your eyes and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart now. Ask him, who is it that you can show his love to this week? It might be a need that you know already. That's okay. It might be that God just puts a name on your heart. You think, oh, I don't really know what that need is, but you could just drop him a text and say, I'm just thinking about you, praying for you. Pray God blesses you this week. Wouldn't that be fun? If all around the church this week there were text messages and emails flying about going, thinking about you, I'm praying for you. Praying that God will bless you this week. Wouldn't that be encouraging? Wouldn't wouldn't you want to be part of a church like that? That sounds fun, doesn't it? You know what, friends, we can do that. I know we do that already. I'm not saying it's not happening. But you know what? I can get better at that. I guess all of us can get better at that. So, Lord Jesus, we, we want to pray right now that you'd put on our hearts those that we can bless this week. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would prompt us, you would show us ways to love one another, to bless one another, to encourage one another this week. 
Father, whether they're practical ways or whether they're a message showing, I'm just praying for you this week. Lord God, I pray you'd put on each of our hearts people this week that we can love and bless in your name. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful love that you have given us in Jesus. We thank you that's changed our lives. We thank you that we've received such wonderful love and grace from you. And Lord, that has done wonderful things in our hearts. And Father, I want to pray right now for me and my brothers and sisters here this morning that we will be good at then giving that away, blessing and encouraging one another, seeking to love one another in the same way that you've loved us. So Lord, help us this week, please. Holy Spirit, keep speaking to us. Give us ears that are attuned to what you're saying. Keep working in our hearts. Keep building us together in order that you might mould us and make us into the church that you want us to be. In order, Lord, that we might have a great effect for good in this city. There might be many that we can love who don't know you yet. And there might be many who respond to the good news of the gospel and are saved and added into your kingdom. We do ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.